Good morning. Welcome to Discovery's Digital Gathering. We are glad you're here. We are excited for what God has in store this morning. We want to invite you to download our app, which will help you stay current with our community and get further connected by filling out our new visitor card. Let's prepare our hearts for worship and for the adventure of discovering the good news of Jesus together. Well, thank you for tuning in, friends. My name is Steve. I'm the lead pastor here at Discovery, and I want to invite you on this Easter Sunday to meet me in John chapter 20. John is one of the accounts of the life of Jesus. It's in the New Testament, uh, pretty far into the the scriptures. If you have the, the physical Bible in front of you, you can find that right now, John chapter 20, and I am going to pray for our conversation today. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day what this day means, what the resurrection of Jesus means. As we take a few moments to reflect on this history-altering, world-transforming reality, would we have a real and profound encounter with the risen Jesus, with the resurrected Jesus? God, would you meet us today? We pray this in the risen Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So in the wee hours of the morning, when it was still dark, a woman came to a tomb. This woman lived in a culture where where women in general were significantly marginalized. But this particular woman had spent time as a prostitute, which would have further ostracized herself from the community in the eyes of of many. She arrives at the tomb to honor her friend, to remember her friend, the one person, the one person who had valued her, who knew her, who had seen her beyond all the superficial social markers that she would have been known by. She arrives at the tomb but the tomb is empty. The tomb would have been a cave and there would have been a large rock that was in front of the hole in the cave that was the opening. The, the rock has been moved to the side. The tomb is empty and her first thought is, oh my goodness, someone took him. Someone took him. So she runs to tell her friends. Her friends happen to be named Peter and John. Peter and John are ex-fishermen who had been spending time with this Uh, with this person who they were going to honor at the tomb. They sprint for the tomb because they have to see this for themselves. What's going on here? And when they get there, they understand that something significant has happened. They're just not sure what. So Peter and John run to their other friends, but Mary stays in the garden. Mary stays in the garden grieving. And as she's grieving... She encounters two angels, right? Mary's day just keeps getting weirder and weirder. She encounters two angels, but then this person shows up. It just happens to be her friend, the one that she's looking for, whose name is Jesus. Jesus, who a few days before had been executed on a Roman cross. But the interesting thing is she doesn't recognize him at first. She thinks he's the gardener. And then he says her name, Mary. 
and they have this moment, this dawning realization washing over Mary that the impossible has happened. He's not dead. He's actually alive. They had this moment and then Jesus sends her to, again, go find Peter and John and their other friends and tell them what she's seen. The news, I have seen the Lord. Now these friends who were known as Jesus' followers or his disciples, they are hiding out in fear. The doors are locked, the curtains are drawn. And it's in this place, this sort of hidden, secret, dark room that Jesus shows up. It's kind of an interesting question here. Does he walk through the wall? Like, how does he get in there? But he shows up for them and he offers them peace and they are overjoyed to see their friend again. Now, one of the the disciples misses out on this moment. His name is Thomas. And when he hears about this, he's not buying it. He's like, no, 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 I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy this. Not until I've actually seen him. And so Jesus shows up again. Again, uh, potentially defying the laws of physics, he shows up and he allows Thomas to see him and to touch him, right? These are my wounds. And Thomas responds, my Lord and my God. And then the end of John chapter 20, the writer says this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples. Many other signs, which are not recorded in this book, but these, these ones, especially this one that we just talked about, right? This resurrection. These signs are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that by believing you may have life in his name. In his name. I love the humanity that we see on display here in these different characters who encounter the resurrected Jesus in John chapter 20. We have Mary who's grieving. We have Peter and John who are confused. We have these other disciples who are scared, who are afraid, who are hiding. And then we have Thomas who is doubting. Grieving, confused, scared, and doubting. These are the people that Jesus hangs out with after resurrecting from the dead. Right? These people are not superheroes. They're not people who have it all together. They're just people, normal people, having very human reactions to these epic, unprecedented events. Very human reactions. Reactions like grief. Right? Mary is grieving the loss of her friend the loss of her teacher, right? This is what she calls him when they have their moments. She recognizes who he is. She says, Rabbi, teacher. Grieving the loss of her friend, but also for her, the loss of a community, the the loss of a life, the loss of a, a purpose that was not open to her anywhere else. The only thing that she had ever had going for her in her life has been taken away. It's gone. She's grieving. I think many of us can relate to this. Just this week, The Atlantic published an article titled The Pandemic Has Trapped Millions in Unending Grief. Now, that's a very dramatic title. But we get it, right? We feel that. The last time that we, meaning Discovery Christian Church, was able to gather in the theater for an Easter gathering, which we are doing today, was in 2019. 
And, and in part, that's a statement about how long the pandemic has dragged on. But for me, it's also a deeply personal date because that's the year, that's the Good Friday that my friend Jane died way too young from cancer. It was a tremendous loss, obviously on a personal level, but also, you know, part of my grief there is that it was a loss for the church. She was just an incredible leader, minister, worshiper, just a phenomenal person. She was a gift to many people, to the church. And it's a thing that I've had to have, I still have uh, some pretty honest conversations with God about this season for me forever tinged with at least a little bit of grief. Confusion. Confusion, another very human response. Peter and John, the story says, did not understand. When they see the empty tomb, they know something significant has happened. They do not understand what is going on. Even though Jesus had prepared them for this moment, it takes a while for it to all sink in for them, right? Because again, this was, and this is the word that we all hate now, it was unprecedented. Dead people don't come back to life. This was a disruption of the way that things normally went. And in a moment that is unprecedented, in moments of disruption, it is totally normal to be confused. To wonder, what, what is really going on here? What is fake and what is manufactured, what is real, and what is true. We're moving through a moment of collective confusion. Who can we trust? What's real? What is the truth? So we have confusion, and then we have fear. The disciples are afraid because their leader was just executed, and when your leader has been executed, it's a very reasonable and fair thing to wonder, am I next? And there's a lot of different reasons why Jesus ended up on that cross, but not the least of it is is that the Roman Empire, the most powerful human organization to that point in human history, killed him on a cross, executed him in one of the most horrific ways that human beings have come up with for killing people. Hours of torture, hours of pain, public humiliation, Jesus has just moved through all of this and they are very rightfully scared out of their minds. Is that going to happen to me? A lot of things that are happening in our world right now that make us afraid. A novel coronavirus. Racial injustice. Threat of nuclear or chemical war. Inflation. Uncertainty about the future. Concern about our kids. I mean, we can go on and on, right? Fear is a very natural response to threats, to uncertainty, to unprecedented moments. And then finally, doubt. Thomas says, unless I see it, unless I see it, I don't buy it. Maybe you, like me, look at the mess of the world and you doubt, man, is there anything good that can come from this? Maybe you have doubts about yourself. Maybe you have doubts about humanity. Maybe you have doubts about God. Maybe you have doubts about the church. Makes sense. Hard to be confident in some of these things given the evidence. Again, I know I have my doubts. Why do good people die young? Why did my kids have to suffer through a year of social isolation at such a young age? Why do injustices persist? Well, why do so many people continue to devote themselves to unhealthy churches and bad theology? 
What, what's wrong with all of these church leaders? And then a war on top of all of this? Like, come on. Enough is enough. These are written that you might believe. These are written that you might believe. My question for us today is, what do you believe in? What do you believe in? Right now, in our crazy world, what gives you confidence? What, what brings you hope? What are you willing to stake yourself to? Your job? The stock market? A politician? An ideology? What do you believe in? What stands out to me most about all these post-resurrection scenes is Jesus' humility and his gentleness with each person in those interactions. He just came back from the dead. He just came back from the dead. And, and, and theologically, this means all kinds of things. Defeating sin, defeating Satan, overcoming human rebellion, overcoming death. He's just made a way for our broken world to be put back together. Shouldn't he be more jacked up about this? But Jesus, resurrected Jesus, comes to each one of these people so gently and so humbly. To grieving Mary. Right? He speaks her name. Mary. Mary. He comforts her. He's with her in her grief. And he ultimately moves her to action, right? Go, go share this news. Tell, tell our friends, you have seen the Lord. But first, first, the resurrected Jesus is comfort in our grief. This is good news. To confuse Peter and John, he just keeps showing up. These are the two characters who get to spend the most time with the resurrected Jesus. He just keeps showing up for them. And when he shows up, he doesn't give them big explanations. Here's what all this means and, and, and here's how you tie it all together and all that kind of stuff. No, he just keeps showing up up for them. The resurrected Jesus is present with us in our confusion. He's present with us in our confusion. And this is good news. To the fearful disciples, he brings peace. He keeps saying it over and over again. Read through John chapter 20 over and over again. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. My peace I give to you. Peace. 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 The resurrected Jesus is peace in our fear. And this is good news. And then to doubting Thomas, he gives his body. <clears throat> Touch, see, feel, experience. This risen body, the scars, the holes, the wounds, the resurrected Jesus offers his body for our doubts. And this is good news. Now, one chapter later, the writer John ends his story like this. <clears throat> Jesus did many other things. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Like, what an epic thing that is, right? Not enough room in the world for all the books that could be written about the stories of Jesus. In other words, the story is not over. The story is not over. This is not the end. One of the most succinct and beautiful ways to explain the good news of Jesus 
what, what Christians, the, the word we like to use is gospel. The gospel is this. There's more to the story. There's more to the story. There are many other things that Jesus wants to do, has done, will do in the future, in and through every single one of us. And there's not enough books, there's not enough digital space for all of it to be recorded. The good news of the resurrection of Jesus is that there is always more to the story. There was more for Mary and Peter and John and Thomas and the rest of those disciples. And there is more for me and there is more for you. Our sin, our propensity to screw things up, our very human reactions to to events that are taking place around us, our confusion, our doubt, our fear, our grief, even death is not the end of the story. Jesus' resurrection means all kinds of things, right? Really big things. New creation, restoration, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, abundant life, but it also, it also has this very kind of visceral, tangible reality for us right here, right now. Our grief, our confusion, our fear, our doubt, it's not the end of the story. You're not done. There's a resurrection story waiting for each one of us. This, this is a story worth believing. This story is worth staking everything on. This story of death to life, of the resurrected Jesus, is worth building your life on. Because there is no end to this story. There is always more to the story. And so whatever you are going through right now, whatever you bring into this Easter, 2022, it's not the end. Your frustration at work, your disappointment in your marriage, your lack of clarity about the future, it is not the end. There is more to your story. Whatever it is that you bring into this, know that there's always more to the story. Now, each week at Discovery, we participate in this very simple, symbolic meal called communion, where we remember that there's more to the story, right? That we remember the good news of Jesus' death and his resurrection, that his body is broken for us, his blood is poured out for us, for the forgiveness of sins, for the writing of a new story. Today, as we, as we set aside this particular day, right, Easter Sunday, which is all about uh, celebrating the resurrection, I want to give you some space to name your grief or your confusion or your fear or your doubt and then to allow the gentle, humble, resurrected Jesus into that into that grief, into that confusion, into that fear, into that doubt. Jesus, the only one who could ever save, may he be your comfort, your presence, your peace through his body and through his blood.
So if you have some elements with you this morning, whatever that might be, I want you to take those, have them in front of you, hold them in your hand, pause the video if you need to. And then just close your eyes and hear these words before we take this together and celebrate the good news of the resurrection. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is not the end. There is more to the story. Let's pray. And Heavenly Father, I do pray that over those of us tuning in this morning, God, may we know, may we know in our hearts, in our souls, deep in our bones, the good news of your resurrection. That our sin, our rebellion is not the end. That, that our, the difficult things that we are moving through right now in this particular year, in this season, are not the end. That there is more to the story. There is resurrection for us. And there is no greater proof of this than the resurrection of Jesus Christ which we celebrate today. So as we take communion, as we worship God, may we name the things we carry. Our doubts, our fears, our grief, our confusion, and would you meet us in your humble and gentle way in those things and remind us this is not the end. There's more. There's more. We pray this today in your name. Amen.